Hello. Welcome to Falter Ego, episode 32. Uh, how are we? <laughs> I love asking those rhetorical questions up the, up the top of the episode. How are you guys? Don't know. Um, <laughs> I had a little... This episode is, is, is a sort of broadly, it's quite systemic. I, I've had cause to reflect recently <laughs> on just, as a recurring theme, it's like what are we doing and who's, in, who's, who's behind the wheel of society? But I had a, I was reflecting on a few uh, mental health experiences and anecdotes both of myself and others recently. Ooh, hello. That was a bit random. Must have accidentally lent on a button. Um, that was a bit creepy. Um, and I, so I was thinking about, uh, I'll go through them. I'll go, my mum, myself, and then uh, one of my friend's daughters. Um, and just kids generally. But it, it's, I guess the what I want to talk about is, you know, <laughs> Are we mentally ill or are we living in a society that's mental illness inducing? Like, is there something broken with us and how we're living is absolutely fine? Or is it the, the how we're living that is actually the thing that ought to be getting stigmatized and attacked? You know, but we don't do that. We don't criticize the paradigm that we live in, we medicate ourselves so that to make the paradigm we're living in okay. We we let Western, the Western way of things, and it's not that it's exclusively Western, but it's just a useful uh, linguistic marker, isn't it? We let the Western way of life off the hook and say it's us that's the problem. And it just seems to me increasingly the evidence is is that we've massively fucked up um, in so many ways. But, I mean, so with my mum, for example, and in each of these cases, I think you'll see there's a recurring theme that there's a refusal, well, not a refusal, but just this kind of blind spot or an unwillingness or a lack of time or something to examine the environment, the environmental circumstances, and instead just a leap to diagnosing and treating. Um, and obviously all of this is said with a massive um, caveat, you know, massive disclaimers, obviously mental illness exists and obviously you know some people there are things that are beyond their control um and medication and all these things is the right way to go but i'm talking about a general attitude um that means a lot of people who might not need to go on medication um they're kind of being swept under the rug or being missed so anyway, we'll start with my mum. So uh, as you might be aware, if you've listened to any other episodes of this, um, my mum uh, was diagnosed with dementia. Um, and 
subsequently my uh, my father passed away unexpectedly and we had to put my mother into a, a home because her dementia was pretty bad. While my mum, th- through the pandemic and lockdowns, my mum's dementia was uh, progressed pretty rapidly. You know, to the, to the extent she was having like imposter syndrome and she thought my dad was a replica and so it's, you know, it's called Capgra syndrome uh, where you think... Uh, someone you live with or you're close to is, you know, is not who they are and they're being replaced or it's you know, a clone or a something. Um, but she also developed like a Parkinsonian shuffle, like her walking got really bad and she was tripping a lot. Um, and and generally she was on a lot of diazepam to calm her down because she's getting uh, irate and all these sorts of things. So everything was just dialed up. Um when I went home to help dad look after her, the amount of diazepam she was on, I would say we got down from four a day to one a day. Um, but all the symptoms were still really bad. Anyway, we had a, a chat with her um, assigned a psychiatrist um, who was also a neurology expert or something. And um, they said on the, on, on the, in terms of progression, they said there are three phases and she's in the mid to late or in the latter part of the middle phase of her illness. And so you're thinking, <coughs> excuse me, that that's like, you know, so she's got a couple of years left or something. Anyway, it did, so all the signs with it, she, her condition was really bad. And then since being in a care home that is dementia focused and um, you know the, the way the, f- the floor plan is designed the menu the activities the the routine the way they set up the rooms everything is designed to kind of alleviate any sort of stress because obviously stress makes symptoms worse you know her shuffle has gone away she, her moods have the moodiness has gone away She's generally quite happy. She still has, you know, a 20-second memory, but, you know, she's happy. And a lot of her symptoms have just gone. And so all of a sudden, um, you know, nurses on the ward are even wondering if she has the specific dementia that she, she was diagnosed with, which is Lewy body dementia, because some of the symptoms don't add up anymore because a lot of them have abated. She still, she definitely has dementia, but whether you know whether it's Alzheimer's or some other sub variant, you know. <clears throat> but the thing, the thing that you realise is that you know she was diagnosed, and all of her symptoms were really worse at a time where, for on and off for two years, she was in lockdowns, and she was just in a house with one man, you know. And she wasn't going to art galleries, you know, she wasn't going out and having. I don't know, little meals with her friends or seeing, you know, having dinner parties or having, you know, going for long walks or, you know, uh, having a pub lunch and then walking, you know, in England, there's lots of, especially where my mum and dad live, lots of nice, you know, pubs and then a country walk and all this sort of stuff. So, you, you know, you just couldn't get out. You couldn't get out the house. Um. And so 
it's it's you know it it's odd that that wasn't factored in. It's odd that the environment isn't a part of the picture, and there's just this leap to, you know, and her and her psychiatrist is lovely, you know, and an expert, but even they're like, yeah, she, she's at this point, her disease is here. Turn well, turns out not really, <laughs> not not if you put her in. <clears throat> the right environment, right stimulation, right, you know, none of that was considered. It was just, no, no, her, her d- disease is at this point of its progression. And like, okay, Seem, but it seems like she's got, it's reversed a bit, you know. She still has a condition. It's going to get worse. There's no avoiding that. It's not like she can be, she can be cured. But it just wasn't at the place where everyone said it was at. And were so quick to say it was that, which had us all worried and was a bit doom and gloom. It's still doom and gloom, but it's just slightly less doomier and slightly less gloomier. <laughs> but it's just that it's the, the lack of the holistic picture. You know, there was no like, now it appears she's here, but in fairness, we have had two years of COVID. So I'm not sure where the fuck she's at. This could be, it could be that that's made it much worse. Um, you know, if, if someone's got dementia, put it this way, let, let's just subtract the politics of COVID from the scenario for a second and lockdowns and whether we think they were right or wrong. Because um, I, I can, on different days, see, you know, virtue in aspects of lockdowns for sure especially when you don't know what the virus is and it's, you know, you want to stop the spread. Anyway, I'm not going to get into it. I'm mostly pro-lockdown in, in a sense. Um, but let's subtract the politics from it for a second. If, if someone is diagnosed with dementia, with, with <laughs> dementia, Jesus Christ, with dementia, would you prescribe as a course of treatment being locked in a house with one person and not being allowed to see your friends? <laughs> You know, I mean, that's pretty obvious. And if and if you asked a child of four, do you think that's going to make it better or worse? A child of four could tell you that that's going to make it worse. So the fact that it's that's not part of the picture, again, it's just this leap to diagnose and this leap to, yeah, well, we should up her levels of this, that, and maybe change her pills and blah, blah, blah. Surprise, surprise, you put her in a home the dedicated team um, with the right stimulation and the right diet and the right this, you know? Turns out a lot of those symptoms go away. She, she So she was, during lockdown, living with my dad, my poor stressed dad who tried his best and worked his absolute ass off to try and look after her by himself. Um, turns out, so she was on, sometimes her, she was so anxious that she was on four diazepam a day, four a day. Since being in the home, she's had two diazepam in three months. So, I mean, do the maths, you know. So that's my mum. That's one example. With myself, sim- similar situation in the sense that, you know, I went to a GP in my mid-20s. Uh, complaining, you know, about depression, uh, pretty bad. And again, 
just I was I must have been in the GP's office for like seven minutes. And I came out of there with a prescription for Prozac. And there was no question about, you know, are you stressed? Are you happy with your job? Um, do you go to the country and get do you get in the countryside much? You know, there was no examination of, yeah, this guy's waking up at seven every morning, getting on a busy train into the city, into London, because I lived in London at the time. Um, you know, around the corner from the English language school where he's working as a pub and most days after work, they all go and have a pint. So he's, is he drinking too much? He's surrounded by noise and traffic and lights and bustle and crowds and stress and... You know, um, is he happy with his job? Is this what he wants to be doing? Um, is living in the city for him? You know, there was no attempt to adapt the environment to match me. Instead, the, the leap was to medicate me to make <laughs> so I could cope with the environment. So it seems like the you know, a lot of the mental health care the care isn't directed at the patient, it's directed at society. We've got to look after society. <laughs> We've got to keep everyone match fit for a nine-to-five shit job in, with an inflation crisis and, you know, and traffic and crammed tubes, tube stations and, cr- you know, they're not the... They're fine. We've got to we've got to make people match fit for that. You know, we've got to treat the, the pay. There's no patient care. It's society care. It's society preservation. You know. And again, similar to my mum, you change the environment, see what happens. Like I, I would say I was mentally unwell for a decade, ten years. Not not to any extreme sense, but, you know, I I struggled with depression quite a lot. Um, But hey-ho, you know, I, surprise, surprise, you know, I stopped, um, stopped drinking. I started meditating. I started exercising. uh, I stopped eating shit, you know. I used to be a fan of lollies and sweets and Red Bull and, Stuff you know, I most these days I mostly drink tea, herbal tea, coffee, and water, and that's it. Those three things. Um, I meditate. I do all so you know, cold showers, whatever. Surprise, surprise! Again, I feel so much better. But there was no examination of that. There was no examination of what's your life like. It was just no. Oh, you're depressed. How could you be depressed living in London with a job, a stressful job and drinking? And how, that's weird, better medicate you so you can still keep doing all those things. I was like, no, change the things. (laughs) Change the things. You know? So that's me. And then the other example is one of my friends, so their daughter... Um, recently started having what's called um, absence seizures. So that's where your kid kind of switches off for about, apparently it can last up to 30 seconds, but for them it's more like four to seven. 
bits of you know five or six seconds they're talking and you know they can be talking playing a card game you know um even doing a physical activity like playing catch and they just stop and their eye their face kind of stops for a second like they just stare and their eyelids slightly droop or kind of flutter and then they kick back in again and they're straight back into it um and they don't even they're not aware of what really happened in those six seconds can be a little bit distressing because like i just feel like because time for them suddenly kind of leaps forward a little bit um and in a lot of cases it's a developmental thing kids grow out of it by the time they're 14 you know in early teens and they're fine um some people it's a bit more severe uh, and they need you know anti-seizure medication and all this sort of stuff but um, anyway, they were talking to me about it and they were telling me about, you know, they, they'd looked into it and it turns out if you put kids on a sort of kid-friendly ket- ketogenic diet or keto diet, um, a lot of these kids, their seizures just stop or at least radically reduce in frequency and severity. Um, I was fascinated by that. Because uh, I'm interested in, you know, lifestyle and what impacts our brains. I'm also, you know, concerned if my mum had dementia, or, you know, should I, I should be looking after my brain as well as I can. Um, and that's partly why I've stopped drinking and I, you know, I exercise and meditate. All these things lower, you know, like inflammation, you know. And inflammation is a is a killer in so many ways. But anyway, I looked it up. Fortunately, because I'm now doing my psychology degree, I, you know, because I'm now in an academic institution, I get access to all these, you know, journals and stuff. So I kind of found that quite fascinating. Thought I'd read around, um, and so I read a load of journals. And yeah, there's peer-reviewed, there's peer-reviewed studies to show that you put kids on a keto. I think I think I'm using the right words here: ketogenic, or just the keto diet. Their seizures stop. And actually, apparently, and I'm not 100% sure about this, but I read, I did read that the, the keto diet was created specifically for the purpose of reducing rates of epilepsy in kids. Um, epilepsy seizures and absence seizures. Um, that might not be true, but I, it, it did say that. But um, I find that quite interesting if that's true. Regardless, right, again... And also, sorry, the other thing that um, affects uh, absence seizures, and again, I'm talking very specifically about absence seizures. I'm not saying this applies to all epileptic you know, fits and all these sorts of things, but it seems with it, absence seizures, um, you know, bright lights, flashing lights, poor sleep, um, stress, and by stress it doesn't mean like, oh my God, how am I going to pay my bills? Like, anything that stresses your system. So like over arousal, overstimulation, so your body is just like constantly, you know. Um, So you take all those things into consideration and you realize, well, what are we feeding our kids? You know, it's just like, 
sugar, packaged food, like, you know, snack pots for lunch at school. It's all like plastic wrapped synthetic shit. Um, you know, I mean, fortunately, even now at Woolies, there's like the macro organic snack aisle. You know, we're slowly getting there. But it's just like, you know, it's no wonder like you're sending your kids off with like cookies and chocolate and process this and process that. Um, for dinner, it's, you know, pop the chicken nuggets in the microwave with fries. Um, you know, and then they're watching, you see what TV they're watching. And, <laughs> you know, it's like Ninja Rider Super Fighter. You know, it's, it's always just something like, just some sort of kid fucking epic, you know. Dragon Rider Super Angels, you know, with like disco flashing lights and here we go, here's the climax. Oh no, it's going quieter. But it's that kind of stuff, you know, it's just that what... Again, just what is going on? So, kid, kids are with we're filling them with shit, and they're watching shit, and now they're all getting iPhones, and we're wondering why they're having, you know, there's an increase in ADHD and seizures and all this. It's like you, why? You wonder why? It's like what? It's not. It's not. If you if you, we are designed to function a specific way. You know, the human body isn't arbitrary. It's not like, oh, we, you know, we've got two opposable thumbs for a joke. No, no, we, we evolved those because they're useful to live in the environment in which we evolved. I keep saying this, right? The human body is an answer. A very specific answer to a very specific question. And that question doesn't come in the form of words. It is a... It, it is a living question, and that question is the environment. The environment is the question. And the answer to that question, very specific question, is the human body. Right? We evolved very specifically as an answer to, in response to, the environment in which from which we emerged. Right? We weren't designed to live in offices and sit down for nine hours a day. If we were sitting down sitting down, sitting down sitting down in Xin Fian, sitting down for nine hours a day would make our, would boost our immune system. It would boost our mental health. If that's the, invi if, if, if the planet Earth was one big office, the creatures that evolved from that office <laughs> would flourish. This immune systems, their health, everything would flourish in the office environment because we would be designed to thrive in it. But we didn't, we didn't evolve in offices. We evolved in an environment, right? A natural environment. And so when you sit down for nine hours a day, you don't flourish and your body doesn't get better and heal itself. It gets worse and you get inflamed and you get chronic this and chronic that. And so it's no surprise that when you fill kids with shit and bad food and synthetic this and you overstimulate them and you pop an iPhone in their hands and you... and there's Netflix and Disney Plus, you know, just on-demand stimulation. It's no, 
It's no wonder. I'm not saying it's causing them to have the condition. But there are probably kids who had the same condition as my friend's kid 250 years ago who wouldn't know they had it. Because they wouldn't be living the way we are. They'd be eating stuff that's grown locally. You know, they wouldn't they wouldn't be eating Haribo Tang Fastics <laughs> or, you know, salt and vinegar chips. Um, um, and they would be walking everywhere and, you know, they'd go to sleep when the sun goes down and get up when the sun go- comes up and probably work, you know, just physical activity. They w- And they wouldn't be watching TV or have an iPhone in their hands. You know, so all of these things, what you, it's, it's not surprising, right? We are designed to run a specific way. And when we subvert that or contravene that it's no wonder we break down right cars are built very specifically to run in a certain way and on specific things you can't fuck with that right what what happens if you try and fill a car with milk it doesn't fucking move does it because it's not designed to run on milk it's designed to run on unleaded or diesel or whatever you put unleaded in a diesel car you'll fuck the engine all right we know this for something as unimportant as a vehicle and yet for ourselves we're completely blind to it yeah just fill myself yeah maccas yeah what's that ice cream with multicolored sprinkles that must be natural like we just don't give a shit and then we wonder why we're our engines are breaking down why we're depressed and sad and have all these problems and so it's fascinating to me that kids can be having these mild seizures you switch their diet and i think it's something like 80 percent of them have a rapid uh, sorry not a rapid uh an uh a significant decrease in the seizures to the point some of them just go away completely. And again, you limit the screen time. Not that it's the screen that causes it, but it's the stimulation and it's the it's the watching the TV minutes before bedtime, you know? So they don't get the good sleep, so then they're tired, so then there's more chance of the seizures kicking in because when you're tired, that's another form of stress. Your, your body's exhausted. But the answer to this is apparently medication. You know, the go-to response is, well, let's medicate the kid. And again, why, why are we in this sort of society protectionist racket where society gets to get away scot-free and it's us who have to be medicated to preserve the status quo. Why, why can't we just launch a class action against Netflix, you know, for having all these trance, hypno, fucking disco, super fighter, ninja, you know, like people fucking characters on kid shows talk at 200 miles an hour there are all these fast edits and fast cuts because they've realized that that's what grabs attention but it's not normal have you ever have you ever looked at a tree 
and seen it jump from one place to another unexpectedly. Like the the, the environment doesn't move, you know. It's 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 you know you're supposed to be engaging your long distance vi vision and looking at the horizon and a, and a a cloud drifting across the sky slowly. You're not meant to be watching, you know, just something zipping across and suddenly it's over here and, you know, because that tells us to be alert, something moving quickly and jumping all over the screen. That's probably why TikTok's so popular because they use all the, you know, the jump cuts and, hey, so here's 25 things you need to know about the war in Ukraine. First, blah, 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 you know, watch as I jump cut all over the screen. I'm in the top left, now I'm in the bottom right. And we probably find that really exciting because our brain's probably going, that's a cobra. <laughs> you know, cobras do that. You know, they're, they're still for a second and they leap at you, bounce all over the place, you know. A cheetah moves fucking fast. Nothing that moves fast in the natural world is really good for you, is it? As if you were an ape or an early human in the, on the savannah or whatever, nothing that moves as fast as a TikTok video is good for you or could, should, could be good for you, you know? That lion seems to be coming at pace. I'm sure that's fine. You know, you've never, no one's ever been surprised by a cloud. <laughs> Oh my God, it's a cloud. It's just because you've got a very long, it's just there. And it moves, you know, very slowly. You'd have to really space out <laughs> for like three hours and then it's suddenly on the other side of the sky. Holy shit. The cloud was over there. Now it's over there. Fucking Christ. What is going on? This world is crazy. It's like, it's very hard to be surprised by a cloud. So, you know, kids are watching this stuff. And, you know, it says the, diagn the diagnostic, you know, the, the, the treatment says, you know, avoid lights, you know, bright lights. But I'm sure, you know, and it says avoid stress. These kids shows are not relaxing. Ninja hyper disco battle bots or whatever the fucking <laughs> dragon ranger spider fighters. Even the titles are just almost make you have a seizure. You know? Blippy fighting ninja. <laughs> disco. Disco nanobotting ninja. It's like, did you throw darts at some fucking words and put them together and that's your show? You know, even... There's no way these shows aren't not stress-inducing. And, and again, as per my mum, like, strip the politics... From it all, strip the strip the specifics. If your kid, if you said, right, design the world's mentally healthiest kid and design a show to create that kid, what show would you create? Right? It would probably be some slow drifting long-form narrative story about, you know, a group of animals that journey from 
somewhere to somewhere else, like, you know, Watership Down minus all the violence, you know, <laughs> an adult film, but like that slow pen, you know, a lot of like Studio Ghibli movies are quite slow and just there's a relaxing pace to them. There's exciting moments, but the actual aesthetic and, and, and pace and rhythm of those movies, you know, my neighbor Totoro, I've let my daughter, you know, I'd let my daughter watch that. But if you had to design a mentally healthy kid and you'd say, right, and now to create that kid, you know, same as my mum, shall we lock her in a house for two years? Yeah, sure, that sounds like a great treatment for dementia. You know, similar for a kid, right, we want this kid to be able to focus at school and have a mentally healthy life. Right, shall we create a show that's about flashy robot ninja disco battle bots so that your kid is watching essentially I don't know so fucking just a combination of a disco and of transformers and uh, some sort of epileptic you know some sort of MDMA psychedelic f- fucking fit but on screen, no, the answer is no, you would not design that show for your kid. But again, as soon as the kids start having the seizures or they've got ADHD, they can't focus at school, the answer is medicate them because there's nothing wrong. There's nothing wrong with having seven streaming services at home and TVs that get bigger every year and brighter and better images and nothing wrong with any of that nothing wrong with McDonald's nothing wrong with 90% of what's in the supermarket being in a package that you microwave you know why is it that's not interrogated it's just medicate the kid why is it you know with my mum so you know she her disease is here really it's not the lockdowns it's not there's no other way we could m- maybe improve our situation. Same with me. You know, oh, you're depressed? Right. Here's some pills. Like, don't interrogate how we're living. And it just feels like, again, a societal protection racket. We're not looking... I mean, look, we are. And mental health professionals generally are to be lauded. And they're lovely people. But systemically, there's just this approach of like, you know, where's the rage? Where's the rage against the machine? Where's the rage against how we're living and interrogating the fact that it's clearly wrong and we've just fucked up? Like we've just, we've gone wrong and we keep going wronger. (laughs) And now there's global warming and AI and soon AI will be able to, you know, thanks to AI, now we'll be able to invent a phone that's in your eyeballs. Great. I cannot, let's, let's, let's make that happen for Elon Musk, shall we, so that he can become even richer. Never mind the catastrophic mental health fallout. The colla- absolute tsunami of collateral damage that will wreak on children and future generations 
in terms of their mental health and their continuing disconnection from the natural world. Let's just ignore that in favor of making three men <laughs> really rich. Such an absurd... It's such an absurd proposition that we should choose them. We should choose centralizing wealth <laughs> into the hands of four random guys at the expense of every child on earth and their well-being. Like what an absurd proposition. Who do you choose? The X billion children or these three guys who want to go to Mars and put smartphones in your fucking face. Oh yeah, choose the three guys, please. Can we make them massively wealthy for doing all this damage? Can we? Can we reward them? That's a great idea. It's just, you know. And this is, you know, this is where capitalism, psychology and satire and spirituality all intersect. Because they're, you know, <laughs> It's just an absolute fucking disaster. So I don't, you know, I would, I just find it fascinating, you know, switch your kid to the keto diet and, you know, with supervision, supervision, obviously, because the, the problem with the keto diet as well is obviously a lot of people do that for weight loss. You don't want your kid losing weight and becoming skinny. It's more, but it's clearly, you know, so don't just listen to this and write. Oh, whoops, my kid's dead, you know, <laughs> with supervision. But, you know, it's what we're putting in our kids. It's what we're exposing them to. It's what we're putting into them nutritionally and what we're putting into them mentally. What we're putting into their eyeballs and into their minds. We're, you know, we're putting milk in a car and then getting surprised that the car's breaking down. You know? It's just... So, you know, these, those three cases, my mum, me, and my friend's kid, you know, it's just slowly revealing more and more, like, why, why do we just leap to diagnose and medicate and not interrogate the environment? Why, uh, why are we treating the, why are we preserving society and treating the person rather than the other way around? Preserve people by treating society. Society is the thing that's fucking ill. Anyway, that the yeah, anyway that I found that fascinating. Anyway, I'm going to stop there. Um, I hope you enjoyed the episode. Oh, hello! Whoopsie, just hit something by accident. Um, thoughts on a postcard, please. Don't. Don't put milk in a car. And by the same rationale, don't put society into your kid. It's not right. This isn't how we're supposed to be living at all. Absurd. We should rage against this for the sake of the health of our kids and us and everyone forever. Crikey. Goodbye.